So Psalm 119 in verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Um, unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished of mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. So we're on page five, starting a new one. Uh, delight and deliverance, that's the two blanks. Delight and deliverance, and that's verse 92. Uh, unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in my affliction. So I've got a number of uh, little extra notes here, but we'll start with uh, the main note there in your notes. The delight of seeing him and hearing his voice as we seek his face in the word of God is enough to keep us from falling or enough to give us peace while we wait for the Lord to deliver us. And so one thing about this verse that's very special is the fact that it says, unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in my affliction. And that's something that a lot of people who are just practicing religion are not familiar with the idea that God's law, in other words, his word, his communication to us, his guidance for our lives could result in delight <laughs> for a lot of people. And, you know, like the the uh, the Pharisee uh, who in the temple prayed the Bible, the Lord Jesus said he prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I'm not as other men are. And so they are glorying in themselves and in their own works. Uh, but as far as the law of God, it's more of a, of a way of, of control. And that's that. there is lots of religion in the world where the religion's purpose is to control lives. Uh, and we know that does not work. You know, to live by the law, to control yourself, there, there are, you know, the, uh, there's plenty of religions out there. I could start naming them, but I probably shouldn't. <laughs> where they, uh, the, 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 there have been men that said, well, in order to control this urge of mine, I'm going to become a priest, and therefore I won't do these things, and then they do terrible things. And so the truth is, is we don't need lo- the law in, as a form of religion. What we need is exactly what God, what the Word of God says here, unless thy law had been thy, my delights. I should then have perished in my affliction. And there's plenty of things about the word of God that are a delight to us. Sir, there's plenty of things that that sort of show us the problems that we have. And that's one of the main things that the law does is it shows us where we fall short. So how is it that something that is, you know, a way in which it uh, it shows mankind what a sinful man he is? How is it that that can be a delight? Well, the same word of God also shows us how we can be clean in his eyes by his own accomplishment, by his own way of cleansing us. And not only that, but we can glory in every aspect of the Bible, from God's communication to us, to the law, to his redemption, to the future, to the promises he made. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute here. Uh, So anyway, unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in my affliction. And then the letter A is the the delight of seeing him and hearing his voice as we seek his face in the word of God is enough to keep us from falling or enough to give us peace while we wait for the Lord to deliver us. And that's something that's very special about the word of God is it is not just written words. 
It's God's communication, and He is revealed through the Word of God. We see His face. We hear His voice. And these things are an extreme level of comfort to the believer. You know, how many? I, I, I'm sure if we ask for examples, many people in this room could raise their hands and testify of the times that God has rescued them where they are or given them comfort in coming out of sin or given them peace in the middle of the storm. God does these things through his word. Patrick? Seems like in this case, instead of like trying to keep the law and it being maybe a burden, mm-hmm. he's actually in delighting in the lawgiver. So that's certainly part of this. Absolutely it is. And and that's that's the thing is is if if someone loved the Bible simply as a form of religion, you know, this is again you're we're just going right back to the Pharisees who were using it as a way of exalting themselves. And so that's not what the law is. The, the, the word of God primarily, I think, reveals God. And it also reveals to us who we are. And that's before salvation, and it's after salvation. And uh, that's something in which the law of God will, or the Bible will always be a delight to us, is revealing to us our relationship with God. And so uh, I have a number of things that I wanted to share with you. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. And this, this is I, I read and reread and reread this passage last night, <laughs> and there's a lot there's a lot here, and uh, that as many of pa- uh, Paul's passages are, there's a lot to them, and so um, so anyway, Second uh, Corinthians chapter four verse five, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. <laughs> so Paul, who has sometimes these long sentences, and sometimes I have to read, read them and reread them to feel like I'm getting what God's saying here. And so anyway, he says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, and I think it's referencing creation, God said, Let there be light. And behold, there was light. <laughs> For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So as we study the Bible and as we learn about the Lord, and then, you know, we receive Christ as our Savior, which is primarily communicated in the New Testament. But do you see Christ in the Old Testament? You most certainly do. You see, there's a, there's a, many preachers have called it a red line going through the scriptures of the Bible. And it's all the way back in Genesis, and it goes all the way through to Revelation. And Christ is revealed in these scriptures. And there's so many things to be excited about as we read these things. And so it says here again, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. And so if you remember, Moses prayed, you know, as, as God had, he had first, when, he, when he first came down, from God told him to go back down for his people had corrupted themselves. And, uh, and he said he was going to destroy them. And Moses interceded. And he said, you know, uh, well, what, what, will the, what will the Egyptians say? They'll say that you were not able to bring them into the land. So he said, for your name's sake, 
don't destroy the people. I'm, I'm li- very loosely paraphrasing. So then Moses goes down and sees with his own eyes. And he gets becomes, as far as I can tell, overcome. And he takes the tablets that God wrote on with the finger of God. And he broke the tablets. And he, he uh, and, and of course, that, that whole, and God said he was going to keep his promises. And he was going to send them into the land of Canaan, but he wasn't going to go with them. And Moses, he cried unto God. He prayed, he interceded to God to not depart from him. He said, how will, any, how will we be identified as thy people except thou be with us? And Moses' intercession was very incredible and and, and, and and it brought God back to the place where he said, I will go with you. And, and, and as that whole thing closed up, Moses said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. <laughs> you know, I, I, I hope a lot of us, all of us have had opportunities where God is speaking to us in a very special way. You know, God reveals himself, whether it's through the Bible or through church or, or singing or God, or God moving in somebody else's life to communicate something to you, but these special moments where you feel very close to God. And you notice when, when Moses had an opportunity like that, in that moment, he's, I, I can't help but feel like he was overcome, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. You think it's a good thing to want to see the glory of God? Of course it is. And God, of course, he said, nobody can see my face, but he, he, he didn't say no. He said, I'm going to pass by. I'm a, there is a place by me. I'm, I'm paraphrasing all over the place. You guys forgive me. He says, there's a place by me. And he says, uh, and he says I'll, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock, and I'll cover you with my hand. I'll pass by and declare the name of the Lord. And then I'll, I'll bring my hand off, and you'll see my hinder parts. You'll see the glory of God. And, you know, the thing is, is the Bible says here, for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. As we draw closer to the Lord, as we enjoy our relationship with him, but the Bible says we're not just saved and we're not just going to heaven, but we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And so listen, everything about our relationship with God is how we get closer to God. Or, I'm sorry, everything about our relationship with Christ is how we get closer to God. The Lord Jesus walking on earth, man could actually see God. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> the Bible says, no man can see my face and live. Yet, the Lord Jesus, as he was walking on earth, you were seeing God walking on earth. How, how could that be? Well, the Bible says that Jesus was in the likeness of sinful flesh. His glory was muted. He was not revealed as the, the, very, the very appearance of the, of the Son of God. And so, the Lord, as we get to know the Lord Jesus, and, and that's what the Lord Jesus he said to his disciples. Uh, I think it was Philip who said in John 14, uh, Lord, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. And he said, have I been so long with you, Philip? That if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Brother Abby, you're going to say something? Yeah, that when he walked on earth, that was before the sin. So they didn't have that type of knowledge that they had after they sinned. So you're talking he, about the Garden of Eden? Yeah, he mm-hmm. could fellowship with them, he could walk with them. Right. And, and they could look on them. Right. But 
after the sin. Right. Then no man. There is separation. There is a separation. Yep. So then they couldn't look out in space. Moses and all those people. What I just think about the other thing we're saying too is that the law makes us realize, but the rest of the Bible, you just leave that out. Mm-hmm. The rest of the Bible tells us what to do about it. Right. Amen. Accept it or not. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you can't just take it out of context and say, well, there's what's do this. Well, the law says this, the law says, yeah, you can't you can't keep the law. Right. It's impossible. So right. What to do about it? God has made a place for mm-hmm. it so that we don't have to. I mean right. it's like say that people say, Well, I don't have to go to church, I don't have to do this, I don't have mm-hmm. to do that. You don't have to, but you will want to. Yeah, and if you're in a healthy relationship with God, you'll want to. <laughs> you'll want to. Absolutely. Well, and, and even in the Old Testament, so the Bible says that the law was, in Galatians, it says the law is a schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. So what about those Old Testament saints? Was the law a schoolmaster to them? Sure it was. It brought them to the knowledge of their own sinfulness, their own need for God to provide the way in which we can be and it cleaned in his eyes. And, of course, the, the, the sacrifices that pointed to Christ. But even those things, the Bible says in Hebrews, they could not cleanse our sins. The blood of bulls and goats could never make a man clean in his sin. They were a continual remembrance. There were, you know, It wasn't just one time you killed a bullock, and therefore Israel's always good, not even just one time in a life. But it was a daily sacrifice, morning and evening. And then if you had your own specific thing that you knew you had messed up with God, you were told to bring your sacrifice and confess, put your hand, your hands on the head of the, of the, of the offering and confess your sins. And the, and the offering there was killed. Listen, folks, that's very much an identification of the fact that our sins required an offering, an innocent offering. And not one man can offer to God anything to cleanse not ourselves and no, no other man. Therefore, the Lord Jesus had to be the Lamb of God. Like as John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And so all the Old Testament uh, sacrifices, they all pointed to Christ. And so the law was accomplishing exactly what it was supposed to. If any man put his confidence in his ability to keep the law, he was not clean. You could bring your offerings and you could bring your sacrifices and think, look how, what a righteous man I am because I'm bringing this sacrifice. No, <laughs> it's more like what a sinful man I am. And so that's, those are all the things that the law teaches us. And so I, anyway, this, this passage is very precious in that it says, uh, for, the light, for God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. And so Paul says many things there, and we're not really going to be able to have time to look at them all. But he mentions here, he says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Now this passage is very clearly talking, those preachers out there that that, that share prosperity gospel, 
you know, saying if you're a child of God, it means God's going to prosper you. Well, what the scriptures actually teach is if you're a child of God, you're going to go through many challenges, many trying, difficult, and sometimes, as Paul says here, and Paul was uniquely qualified to talk about suffering as a, as a child of God. So he says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our, in our body. For we, have, we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. And there's a lot of things about this passage, and I don't really feel sufficient to talk about them. But uh, one of the things is that persecution is a given. As we become more like Christ, persecution is a given. It's going to come one way or another. You can't be so against the way the world works and people not notice. The thing is, is our human nature doesn't like the boat being rocked. The human nature wants there to be less things to get in the way of what I want. And so someone comes along and says, hey, listen, it's all sin. This is all sin. We all need deliverance from sin. And the inside man of most, you know, of the unregenerate man just wants everything to get out of the way of my sin so I can sin more. And someone else says, no, we need salvation from sin. <laughs> we need God to deliver us from sin. That's going to rub people the wrong way. <laughs> and so it's our job to get God's help to walk with God, God and testify of the truth. But persecution is a given, but we are not given over to the will of the enemy. So Satan's going to come against us. The more we become like Christ, the less we fit into the world, and the more of an adversary we are to Satan. So he's going to come against people who are becoming more and more and more like Christ. Brother Patrick. This guy did a little short clip on YouTube, and he was saying that uh, the way they conditioned us is basically to, to basically tell us things over and over and over again like that's normal mm -hmm. because they know that if right. you get outside that you feel uncomfortable right so the opposite would be to basically for us to be in god's word and be like paul mm -hmm. so that we would be thinking in terms of it being right a joy to right. serve god now i'm not i'm like you i'm like not there 100 percent by a long <laughs> shot mm -hmm. but Anyway, so it's kind of a contrast there. Yeah. If we pay attention to this, right? Exactly. We're Let God feel uncomfortable if we go outside. Right. Well, and, and you notice, and I've thought this many times about our world, America. You know, I listened to a preacher, and you know, the, he was preaching back in the '80s, and he was speaking pretty much like the way we speak today, as in, you know, everything's circling the drain. You know, this the, the country's going downhill, and and uh, and this moral depravity that and he was talking about that in the 80s. I, as you know, <laughs> as a 52 year old man, I look back on the 80s as the golden years. <laughs> you know, hey, we had Reagan, we had you know all these good things, and and it seemed like an innocent time, but but again, this was a man of God back in those days. And it wasn't, and, and, and neither was it back in the 50s, neither was it back in the 30s, neither was it in the 20s or the 10s, or at any time was America perfect. 
And there was always sin in the world. There was always these things. And so, uh, the, the, I don't know what the point I was getting at with there. <laughs> the train's gone. <laughs> so persecution is a given, but we are not given over to the will of the enemy. So we're, we will suffer, per, just like Paul says, we're going to suffer difficulties and troubles and trials, but we will not be given over into Satan's hands. We're God's people. Just like God said about Job, you know, you can, you can take what he owns, but don't touch him. And then Satan, again, wanted to take it up to another level. And God said, you, you, can, you can bring illness into, I'm paraphrasing, but you, know, you, can, you, can, you can take his health, but you cannot take his life. And so God set the bounds of what Satan could do. And yet, and yet to me, it's a, scary, it's a frightening thought talking about you know, God and Satan talking about what Satan is allowed to do. I don't know, man. I, 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 that, that, that freaks me out a little. <laughs> I remember you said something similar when the pastor was doing Job. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't want God to say, Hath thou considered my servant Brett? <laughs> Whoa, hang on here. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> not that I think I'm like Job. I'm just saying that, you know, you wouldn't, you know, you almost wouldn't want God to brag on you to Satan. <laughs> But, of course, God knows what he's doing, so uh, he doesn't need me to counsel him. Not that drastic, but I have the same type of thing. I feel like, man, I got it so good. Amen. I got it so good. God blesses me. Amen. And I worry. I said, well, if we're living for God, usually we get troubles and heartaches and things going on. And it worries me. Why me? Why Mm -hmm. not me? Situations, and I have little things like I got the sore leg. I was thinking, I go, oh, that's, that's, that's nothing. Well, <laughs> what people are suffering, yeah, in the world, I, I feel so blessed, amen. I, and it scares me. Well, and, and you are blessed, brother. And we, and but the thing is, is we all have seasons, you know, we have seasons, and, and you didn't get here till today and, and think just how blessed and never have any trials in your life that brought you here. You had trials. You've had lots. I've heard him. So, and that, that's the thing is God knows what's good for us. He knows what will be like God knew about Job. You know, if you could ask Job in eternity, Job, what do you think about what happened to you? Now, Job from eternity will say God's grace was sufficient. Just like, you know, Paul's, he goes to the Lord and says, Lord, let this thing pass from me. This this thorn of the flesh. And God says, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my for my grace is my for my grace is perfected in weakness. I think is what it says, and so God knows what's best. And if He allows things that just absolutely bring us down to the ground, and it causes you know, and we we have difficulties, it causes heartache and pain and difficulties and and grieving, you know. Well, this life was never meant to be a cushy life, and and like Albie said, we have seasons of blessings, and we have seasons of trial. And so we, we even in the seasons of trial, you thank God for the blessings you've had. I, I think it gives, it gives me the opportunity to say this too will pass. Amen. Because of yep. the fact that I've been through things. Amen. And I see that God brought me through it. Well, and that's an excellent point, is sometimes when you're going through something, there's, there's going to be a time when a brother is going through something, and you can say, God brought me 
through mine. He'll bring you through yours. God is faithful. And of course, when you're going, when you're in the middle of the storm, when you're in the middle of the trial, you need someone to come around you and say, I'm praying for you and love you, you know, care for you, lift you up. And uh, that's that's what brethren is for. You know, that's what we are meant to be for is to encourage each other in the Lord. Might have been my powers made perfect in weakness. Uh, I think it's my grace is made perfect. I think maybe I read it in another version. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's grace. Right, right, right. (laughs) For my grace is made perfect in weakness. I think that's it. Strength. Strength. I'll not take this thing from you, but I'll give you grace. Amen. For my grace is sufficient for thee, or my grace is sufficient thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. So we're both wrong, brother. Yeah, I got it. I must have read that like years ago in another version. Okay, so um, so moving on, uh, back to this thought of uh, the, the delight of seeing him and hearing his voice as we seek his face in the word of God is enough to keep us from falling. And I have this note also, that knowing it is the very God of heaven who is our Father, who loves us and communicates with us is a delight. And so again, even if you're going through difficult times, to know your Father in heaven, who is God Almighty, you know, and I've so many times, because, you know, I, I just, it helps me to think about these things. You know, if the president invited me, Brett Garner, to come to his house and I prefer to think of a different president at a different time, but it, <laughs> but anyway, come to you know, come to the house and and just enjoy you know my house with me. We'll we'll chat. We'll have a not you know that that would seem like a pretty big privilege, wouldn't it? Well, God is beyond our ability to understand so much higher than any earthly king, and if you you, you could go throughout time. To, from from the beginning to the end and find, you know, it would probably be Solomon or maybe somebody else. I don't know. But you could find the greatest, richest, most powerful king on planet Earth. And his offer of a time of fellowship together would be meaningless compared to the God of heaven. You know, the very God who said, let there be light. And there was light. The God who knows our hearts and minds and circumstances absolutely perfectly. Wouldn't that be a good person to sit down and have a chat with? (laughs) Who knows the entire world situation perfectly. Listen, folks, that's who we're talking with every day. And it's good for us to remind ourselves of the privilege of being saved and being a child of God. And we we let the world, and I don't know if Patrick or Albie was the one who was just saying it, you know, we can't let ourselves lose sight of what it is to be God's child. And it's a privilege above all privileges. And yet you say, well, anybody can be saved, so how can it be that great of a privilege? Well, <laughs> that's what it is to grow in the Lord. You become more and more familiar with how great and wonderful God is, how incredibly, you know, like, like the Psalms, you know, just talk about his magnificence. But at the same time, you're becoming more aware that he is that mighty God, but he's also Abba Father, inviting me to come and share with him everything that I have going on in my life. The very God of heaven, magnificence beyond understanding, and yet he wants me to come and talk with him. 
He wants to have fellowship with us. He wants to, us to share. The Bible says, cast all of your cares upon Him because He cares for you. The very God of heaven. You know, Isaiah, as he you know, is God's man and he's the prophet of God, giving the messages of God, and yet, you know, Isaiah chapter 6, he sees God's throne. And he sees he's there in the vision. He's there in the throne. And he says, woe is me. I am undone. And folks, it can't be understated what, what Isaiah said and felt and saw. He said, I saw his train fill the temple. And he heard the angels crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And their voice shook the temple. <laughs> the posts of the, were shaking at the sound of the angel's voice. Yeah, and, and, and all that made Isaiah say, I am undone. Listen, to be in God's presence, his holiness is so powerful. Again, there's just no words. And yet God took care of Isaiah's guilt. He took care of his conviction. And, and right away, God said, who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. Wouldn't you like God to do that in your life? That taking everything else out of the way and leaving nothing else but a, a powerful encouragement to say, use me, Lord. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, use me. Listen, that's what God has already done in every child of God's life. He's taken all the problems out of the way, anything that could hinder, and says, who will go for us? God doesn't make you do anything. God shows us there are opportunities to glorify God. That each of us, each of us, every child of God has been given gifts that are meant to glorify God in this world. And listen, folks, we need to ask God to help us get the stuff out of the way, the things that hinder us from seeing God high and lifted up. And knowing that I've been forgiven for my sins, knowing that he's cleansed me through and through and that I can be used of him. God has a perfect plan for our lives and we need to be finding out what that is and serving him. And so um, I have this thought also. So, again, this is continuing with the delight of seeing him and hearing his voice as we seek his face. And the word of God is enough to keep us from falling. So look with me in uh, Psalm 27. This is one of our favorite psalms. Melissa was in the hospital and went to, or she was, what was the procedure? Oh, okay. <laughs> Some she didn't want to do. <laughs> they had to knock her out and she did not want to go under. And she was afraid. And so we... Uh, we, uh, we, we read Psalm 27 together, and, uh, and so anyway, it's, it's been a favorite of ours ever since. So in Psalm 27, yeah, <laughs> that doesn't mean nothing. <laughs> you got to set your clocks back 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, so Psalm, okay, let's just read the whole thing. Verse, uh, verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. 
For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou sayest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over into the will of mine enemies. For false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the, of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And uh, the main reason why I wanted to look at this passage was verse 8, where it says, When thou sayest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. And so the, the wonderful thing about this passage is this is what God wants for us is to seek his face. And when it says seek his face, you ever have somebody that, that is up, say a wife or, or, or you know, someone that you really, really care about, that you want to be in a good relationship with, and you know maybe something happened. And there's, I, I know all the husbands and wives have had something happen. <laughs> you know, and you keep looking at the other person Hoping that things are okay, you know, that she's not going to stay mad at me all night, you know, or whatever, you know. And, and but I think that's part of what's being talked about here is seeking God's face, seeking His communication, and not just words, not just yeah, you're good, or or you know, you're in big trouble, you know, not just that, but seeking God and His mercy and His compassion. Seeing his face. And of course, we can't see with our eyes God's face. Not yet. But in a way, we do. We see it in the way he reveals himself. And his revealing himself is not just these words. It's the Holy Spirit within giving conviction, giving comfort, giving peace, giving direction. And listen, God's up to it all. The problem is us when we're not seeking his help, seeking his direction, seeking fellowship with him. That's the problem. And so, again, he says, when thou sayest, seek ye my face. Listen, folks, God didn't just say that to David. He's saying that to us. <laughs> seek ye my face. He's saying it to me. Seek ye my face. And that's when you open up the Bible and you hope to hear from God. Or you pray and you seek His help. You seek His guidance. You seek His wisdom. And you know, and you know the Bible, it couldn't possibly make it any more clear how much God wants to give those things. You ever read in the Proverbs when God or Solomon writes wisdom speaking? talking about how wisdom has set up her feasts and, and made everything ready, and it's an opulent feast, and, it's a, and, and, and saying, come, come to my table. Listen, folks, God wants to give us the things that if we're, you know, 
if we're in a healthy state as a believer, we know we need. God wants to give us those things. All of them. The problem is us. I agree. It's not just a cliche. No. It's true. It is true. The problem is when you wake up and the day just kidnaps you. I know I'm not the only one here. (laughs) You wake up and you're thinking about the day. You know, you're thinking about what's got to be done. And you just roll out of bed and you roll to the coffee pot. (laughs) And you, you know, you just sort of move about. You turn on the TV, you watch some news, you do this. And before you know it, you know, your mind is utterly kidnapped. Listen, God wants us to seek his face right away. And listen, folks, you know, the thing is, is habits are good, but it shouldn't just be a habit. You shouldn't just read your Bible every day because you read your Bible every day. You shouldn't just pray because you should pray. I mean, like I said, a habit is a good thing, but it can't just be a habit. Delight. Delight. Amen. And, and, and like it says here, when thou say it, seek ye my face. If you could hear God's audible voice to you, and he said those words, seek ye my face, would that be special? <laughs> would it be something that you should dismiss or just take lightly? That's what Brother McRae did. He said basically he would go... Basically, seek God's face mm-hmm. when He uh, and uh, that's. But one more thing. Yeah. I think it was wise that you decided not to choose Psalm 23. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid of going under. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, okay. I now got it. <laughs> like. <laughs> we read Psalm 27 three times that day. <laughs> No, 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 no. So, so we we read Psalm 27 together. She goes, okay, yeah, all right. I think I'm gonna be okay now. And then as soon as she said that, the nurse walks by and goes, hey, let number one go. She changed her mind. She ain't going through with it. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> uh, anyway, I I find Psalm 27 just incredible as far as everything that they're. You know, you notice that the first seven verses are like a Holy Spirit boldness that David has. You know, the light is my, is my, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my light. Of whom shall I be afraid? It sounds very bold. But you get the latter half of Psalm 27. He doesn't sound so bold. That's because David is human. <laughs> you meet some of us on one day, and man, everything's just, you know, the, 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 the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted. We're rolling along. Everything's looking good. <laughs> Same Christian, two weeks later, you know, is on the rocks of despair. You know, and that's not God's will for our life. Like it said back in the Second Corinthians, you know, uh, cast, what is it saying? Let's see. Per, uh, okay, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. You know, the troubles that come into our lives, so much of the time, <laughs> Satan is coming along and saying, you are done. Your life is over. You've sinned too much. You've gone too far. You've slacked too much. Satan tells you it's all over with. Gets us to question everything. And the thing is, is that's when we need to seek God's face. You see, the feelings that you have, you know, we can't change the feelings that we have sometimes. But you can set those feelings aside and go to what God says and the rock of the truth and put your trust in that and not in your feelings. Listen, folks, that's very much the truth of what it is to be human. 
We're going to have feelings, and they ain't always right. They ain't always leading you in the right direction. Matter of fact, they often are not. The Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. The heart is deceitful and, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So often our hearts are leading us in a precarious direction and often the wrong direction. And so our feelings need to be set aside and we need to seek God's face and see what he says. Listen, when you when you are not content until you've heard from God, God will meet with us. I'm not saying it'll be an audible voice. More likely will not be an audible voice, but it'll be it'll be some way. God will help us. He does not leave his own to go their own way and to fight their own battles. He doesn't do that. And so um, these things were a blessing to me. And uh, there's, there's just one more thought is uh, that the Lord himself is all of our hope, protection and deliverance. The word of God is what reveals that to us. And I, I don't know why I started that. because There's no way we have time to, to look at it because pastor's standing right there. <laughs> if pastor wasn't here, we'd go ahead and look at it. <laughs> uh, I'm tempted to go. What if we just read the three verses? No, no. He's <laughs> Okay. All right. Just, I always feel like when we run out of time, it just feels like you're going off a cliff. You know, pastor, you can always tell when he's wrapping up, you know, his voice kind of modulates the right way. And, you know, he's closing up and everything's, you know, no. <laughs> I just feel like you go off a cliff. Whoa, we're out of time. <laughs> You guys pray for me. <laughs> All right, let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for, for this time we've had together. Thank you, Lord, for who you are to us. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to David and through David to us. As you said, seek ye my face. Help us, Lord, to seek your face. Help us to hear your voice. And we pray that you please help us to, to be strong in you and be strong in our hope and our trust in you and give glory to you. Thank you, Lord, for everyone being here tonight. Please keep us safe on the way home. Bring us back at the next time. And we pray for all the needs that were mentioned. All of them were not mentioned. Everyone here tonight, Lord, please meet each one where they are and help us, Lord, to, to follow you and, and be your people. And thank you, and please help our country in this very desperate time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.